in a world where people try to do stuff they don't know how to do. One man, okay, two men, are standing by with the best advice on Earth. Ow. Well, most of the time. Welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. Now here's Charles Thayer and the man they call the Polish Powerhouse. Mic check. Check, Mike. We good? Levels up. Power up. Blast off. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the all-around home improvement hour, and we are live. It's May 18th, 2019. One niner. I'm here with Kyle Miller. Killer, Killer Miller. Killer Miller Drillery Filler. And we're about to do home improvement radio. Let's do it. All around, we get it done and we do it right. Welcome, Twin Cities News Talk listeners. This is the All Around Home Improvement Hour, and I am very, very honored to be your host. Some call me Charles Thayer, the Home Improvement Slayer. That's right. Killing and slaying home improvement projects everywhere, all around the Twin Cities. And I'm doing it with the help of uh, not the Polish powerhouse this week, but the counterpart to that, which is Kyle Killer Miller from All Around. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, yes, thanks so much. And uh, we're joined with a couple of our preferred partners, trusted affiliates. We like to uh, refer to them as experts in their field of home improvements themselves. We have Mike Ubel with UZ Insulation, been doing insulation since forever, correct? I helped Noah with the ark. Come on. You Noah. did. That's yes, correct. Did. Yes, Jesus was a nice man. We waterproofed you it. You <laughs> did. You insulated it. The dinosaurs helped. It was great. Um, but you also have a handle, and that is Mike Ubel, the insulate tour, correct? You are correct. All right. Welcome, welcome back, Mike. Glad to have you. And always. The gentleman that has a hard time putting a hat on because most of them don't fit so much knowledge inside of his head um, that he could afford to share some with the rest of us here. Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Services. Charles, you are so kind that, you know, unfortunately, credibility is important. And it's probably best if you keep that up and, and you kind of harm your credibility there. Just a slight bit. Just a slight bit. I, I don't have a problem finding hats that work, and I, it's plenty I don't know. Well, you know, that's that why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to learn from, from you guys all about home improvement. If you find yourself feeling down ever, give me a call, Bill. I know how to make you feel better. Absolutely. So, Thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Gra- glad to be back. We are live. That means if you want to call and participate on the show, anything home improvement related, and let me tell you, folks, this is a great day to do it because of our panel. We have exterior improvements covered so roofing siding windows we can answer most questions in that field and then taking it in what keeps your house warm and dry in most cases believe it or not insulating ventilating and keeping your home efficient we have mike ubel with uz insulation and then anything legal i'm not just kidding not anything legal but (laughs) yeah if you have legal problems if you were arrested last night 
Call the show. We can give you a few <laughs> tips. No, just kidding. But construction law in specific. So maybe you had um, uh, a run-in with a, a bad experience with a contractor. Maybe you had uh, a project that you were thinking of doing, but estimates are coming in all over the place and you're concerned. How to find the, the best contractor and what credentials to look for. That type of knowledge we have in-house here with Minnesota Construction Law Services. Bill Geschwind and his team help us at all around, and so it only makes sense that we bring them in on the conversation. Kyle, uh, this week has been a busy, busy week. All around is planning our Wounded Warrior Project paintball event, which this will be our second annual. Uh, so I like to call it a tradition right about now. Yeah, it's great, the Wounded Warrior Project. They're in the West Metro it's really cool. You drive into these fields, and then they, they come in on these big Army trucks. You all load in on the Army trucks. They truck you back into the woods. Well, it's not Wounded Warrior Project that does that. That's special right, for but the, all right, but, all right, Exactly. All right. But the goal is we do the Special Forces paintball, and yes. all of the profits and proceeds get donated to the Wounded Warrior Project. And the goal is, you know, essentially they're splitting us and we're going into this light combat, but we have to remind ourselves that a lot of these people don't come home. And we are very blessed, and it's time to give back, and it's an example um, of of what we can do to give back to those veterans and those people that that don't come home. Yeah, it's supporting our military in in a fun way, kind of adding light to... um, What's a real situation out there? So last year we had the opportunity to do this. We raised $3,200 that we we were able to send to Wounded Warrior Projects. Um, they are very, very thankful. They they sent us a beautiful letter um, just, just letting us know how much they participated in it. And they want to be a part of it uh, more closely this year. So we will have a couple representatives, likely veterans, um, from Wounded Warrior Project. Not exactly sure what, what all the details are going to be there, but um, they're going to join us. It's a full day. Um, we've we've invited all of our radio partners and other affiliates from our company. Some some of our uh, workforce, our trades, trades force is going to be there. Um, and we're going to have fun. Uh, and we get to, you know, go out there and simulate combat, but at the same time, while raising money, but at the same time remembering, like, for just for example, okay, in the first five minutes, I would have been out a right foot. So, because that's where I got shot. So, first five minutes last year, when combat started, I had my foot just sticking out from a bunker, and I didn't realize it. And Guy, Guy Saxby from All Around, shout out to you, uh, one of our project consultants, just took advantage of that foot sticking out, and from 40 yards or so, took out my heel. I would have been taken out by you a couple times. Yeah, well, I actually made you surrender, and I think that was a hit to your ego even more than being shot. I was absolutely pissed off that Charles didn't hit me. He didn't shoot me. He came up 10 feet behind me, and he goes, you're hit! And I turn around angry that he didn't shoot me. No, wait, it sounded more like this. Surrender, sucker. Anyhow, it gives you a lot more appreciation for the training that our military and and law enforcement go through to keep us protected and safe so we can enjoy our freedoms every day and appreciate uh, the sacrifices that they've made for us. Yeah, Stan even joined us last year. Stan, um, what what was your overview on the whole paintball Wounded Warrior Project thing? I would not last very long on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, me neither, man. I would have cried so hard when my foot blew, blew off. And then, thankfully, well, they were paintballs and not re- real bullets because yeah. I would not be here right now. Yeah, well, and well, the cool thing about paintballs is they hurt just enough to make you not want to be hit. You know, so it's not like you know you're you're hurt for the rest of the day or anything. But when you get hit, 
you don't want to be hit again. Your ego is the <laughs> it takes the biggest hit is what happens. That's you for you. Do the walk of shame off the course. You do. That's right. It's, and that is the best best part for the opposing team. So wounded warrior project. Uh, we're going to post some stuff about any any questions about that, guys, or thoughts or comments. I know I don't know if we saw. We did see. Was it your son last year, Mike? I think Tyrus. Tyrus, yeah, he showed up, and we had a great time. We, no, we just, no, it, I couldn't make it, but it sounds fun. Well, actually, yep. so June fourteenth, uh, something like that, sixteenth. Uh, we'll we'll be posting it. But anyhow, folks, call in again eight hundred eight five four nineteen seventy eight. Today's show topic is going to be what's behind the wall. What is behind the siding? What are we seeing? You know. Um, it can be similar to uh, maybe an iceberg. So what you see on the outside, maybe 10% of what you're seeing on the inside. I could say roaches, but that's just gross. And we don't have... <laughs> I always tell people to call pest control. They talk about bugs getting inside the house, and they're looking for our recommendation. We can certainly help try to find holes in the outside. But if you're having issues with bugs, call a pest control company. If it's water intrusion, moisture intrusion, you think there's rot going on, you're looking for a construction company to help tear it apart and rebuild it, that's what we're good at. Yeah, that's what we're good at. But we have a few steps uh, to talk about after the break about how to go into these situations if you're at all concerned about water intrusion. You know, jumping into the first contract that's thrown in front of you or not considering certain things before moving forward with your contractor can be a vital mistake. And you could find yourself consulting with Bill or one of his good friends if 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 you don't so that's the topic of today's show uh all of that and much more exciting stuff from kyle miller when we come back right after this here we go the beastie boys no no kyle i don't know any of this era of music yeah I'm like 19 you're <laughs> that's we'll just leave it at that right stan Okay, I'll be 30 in a couple weeks, but I'm still a lot younger than you guys. Oh, man. Where are so we celebrating? boys, Britney Spears. <laughs> Where are we celebrating that, Kyle? Christina Aguilera. We'll be, we'll be playing paintball on my birthday. You know what? Crazy enough, we have a call right away calling in right now. So Stan's going to figure out what, what, what's that all about, whatever kind of English that is. But we are back. This is the All Around Home Improvement Hour. Again, we are live, 800-854-1978. 800-854-1978 to call and participate on the show. Uh, today's topic is everything behind the wall. What is behind the wall? So kind of what sprung this is within the last weeks, two, two three weeks, we've been consulting with um, Guy Saxby and I have been consulting with a couple out west that own a uh, a large home, probably 6,500 square feet um, on a big uh, piece of property, a big uh, acreage. It's a, it's a hobby farm. And we've been working with this couple to completely redo the exterior. The exterior from the roof all the way down, the deck, the siding, everything except for the windows. And that's that's important, so remember that. Everything except for the windows is coming in somewhere in the area of $250,000. Again, really big home, cedar shake roof tear off, a lot just a lot of detail here. There's a lot of square footage. So, um that's not that's not our everyday price. I just <laughs> want everybody to know that. This is a larger project for us. Um and when getting into it and and a lot of times, I would say 80 uh 60 to 80 80% of the time what people have for a budget just in general consumers and this goes with a lot of things. 
you think it's here and it ends up being there. Um, and so we, we came in at around 250,000. They were thinking it was going to be closer to 200,000, but, but not only us, but other estimates came in where we were at. So we were all in the ballpark, but what wasn't being talked about was the 10 to 15% rot factor. And again, 15% is high. We like to stay, say around 10%, especially when there's visible sign on the outside. So for this particular property, it was wood cedar exterior, cedar shakes, cedar trim, cedar wood deck, cedar, uh, all that stuff. So you could see it gave you some indication of where the water was going because it was causing some defect on the outside, but you couldn't see the inside. That gives us a little more indication than if it were steel, vinyl, a lot of these maintenance-free. Cedar's right. really good for giving you those leading indicators on whether or not there's going to be rot when you open that wall. Right. So kind of rounding, off, rounding this off so we can discuss with our panel here is we opened up the conversation about the budget. So how have we allotted a 10 to 15% budget for the rot we're about to see? Um and they had said, well, nobody had talked to us about this. And I said, well, they're doing you a big disservice because there will be some. There absolutely will be some. We can already feel soft spots. 100% there will be some. Well, how much are we looking at? I don't know, but we like to say 10 to 15%. Well, the next question they brought up with was, what if it's catastrophic? I said, well, it doesn't look like it'll be that way. But the only way to know ahead of time without getting into a what could end up being three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in rot repair, maybe even half a million, you never know, we've seen really bad, is to have the property tested. So uh and that's where we recommended some third party uh companies that offer moisture testing. That's where we're gonna open up our conversation here. We'll start with Bill. Bill, how often do you see this because one last thing I'll add is this couple mentioned, well, you know, how do we know we're not going to hire you? And then all of a sudden the price is just going to go away. Well, well, we know we're not predatorial like that. And our reviews and our history says we're not. But you're right. That's a great question. And they said, well, isn't that what contractors do? In kind of a joking light, but almost as if they've had that experience before. These people have spent a lot of money on repairs over the years. So they've had negative experiences. So sure. that's where I want to open up. How often do you see this becoming a big problem? Well, the the... Things have settled down a lot with that, with with the issue of of moisture caused by construction defects. In anyway, um, since the early two thousands, many people will remember there was a lot of problems with with moisture damage on houses in the early two thousands. The the epicenter in this area was out in Woodbury. We heard a lot about stucco houses, uh, and and fundamentally the issues were that the the as soon as you cut a hole in an exterior surface, mm-hmm. so you're putting in a door or a window, you're creating a pathway for water to get in behind the walls, and with all the new modern, more modern construction, tighter homes, plastic on the inside, sealants of water gets into that wall cavity and it can't get out, and it and it rots out the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw an awful lot of that in the early '90s. Um, fortunately, Minnesota has a uh, statutory warranty that owners of homes receive when they hire a licensed contractor to do work on their home. So uh, there were ways for a lot of those homeowners to get um, some relief. Uh, but And that wasn't just limited to 10 years, right? I, I mean, uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong. The reason I'm saying that is the big misconception is 10 years, right? 10 years. Well, the 10-year ten, the issue is how long the homeowner might have the opportunity to get some other bucket of money than their own 
that would pay the cost of the repair because that's the that was the warranty. Uh, some details to it, but that's how the warranty works. Sure. Uh, what we're seeing now, I think, more consistently is is not any not moisture that's necessarily affected or caused by construction defect. A lot of it is maintenance. Sure. Um, a lot of it is just simply that homes are being built tighter, water's finding its way in, and it can't get out. It's not um, breathing. The home is the not home able is to the, the exterior wall is not breathing, and, and home science is, is causing there to be a lot of damage. So um, homeowners, yes, I think, Charles, you kind of hit the head early, is, is get somebody out there to do some testing. I mean, if you're doing any kind of window replacement, if you're doing door replacement, if you're doing siding uh, replacement, it's always a good idea to have a company come out and do some testing. They can look behind the wall without making a lot of damage, find out if there are some issues, and then you can prepare for it. And if, it, if there is a possibility that something was built wrong, uh, then there are, there, there are some legal actions that could be taken to try to get some recovery, get some money to repair that home. What I recommend, too, is that there are usually indicators, Bill, that will tell us that there's a bigger story at hand. If somebody has cedar siding, but it's immaculate on the outside, it's been really well maintained on the inside of their home, there's no signs of moisture, more than likely, you're good. Mm-hmm. But if you begin to see some rot on your cedar siding or around your wood window trims, even in your soffits, if you begin to see uh, a lot of staining on your stucco, especially around your windows, those are indicators that... There could be a lot of problems inside those walls, correct? Well, I, from and again, I'm not a moisture specialist. I'm, you know, I'm just a lawyer. I play a moisture guy on TV. <laughs> a lawyer <laughs> but, with a, uh, uh, an extensive construction that's background. That's right. But we've, I mean, we've, you know, we've seen this. We deal with these issues. Um, sometimes there are visible exterior, visible signs. Uh, very rarely are there signs on the inside of the house because you've typically got houses with plastic on the inside. The water's being held on the outside. The walls rot. The irony in, in a lot of those homes, um, in a lot of the homes that end up with this kind of damage you're talking about, we're talking, when we're talking about moisture damage, people should understand the actual studs that hold the house up are rotting out. There's nothing there to hold the house up. The house is being held maybe by the sheathing and by the, the sheetrock on the inside. And oftentimes you don't know that till you open it up. And, and so that's, that's one of the things, and I think, Charles, it's really it's good that All Around brings that up and lets people know that there's a real good likelihood that there's going to be some rot on the inside and also explains that we aren't going to know until we open it up. No, you're, you're absolutely not going to know. Now, you remember the little fact that I told you to remember about the windows, right? Yep. So, so everything was being budgeted for, but, you know, the windows look like they're in really good shape. And we're opening them, you know, looking around, just kind of poking for moisture. Everything looks really, really good. So we're not budgeting for windows. If for some reason the windows are bad on this home, that project is going up by probably about double. 60 to 80%. Yeah, or, or double. Yep. There are so many windows, and we're talking about very large windows. And, and these uh, windows, uh, you got to understand, they're, they're, they're built to, to help support still, not the windows themselves, but the structure around them to support the rest of the house. You're talking reinforced framing around those openings because they're mm-hmm. so large. And when that stuff starts to rot out, you're talking about a lot. So, so again, rounding it off to the concern here, and, and the reason why I think you're perfect for this conversation is the homeowners were concerned that if we, you know, if we, if we commit to you and we trust you, that we're going to trust you for this dollar amount, but when we get into, oh my goodness, now look at uh, a possibility of a lot of rot, now you can just charge whatever you want 
and we're kind of stuck there? And is that the truth, or do the homeowners have the opportunity at that point to say, stop what you're doing, We which would be very difficult. Like, I want to get a different framing crew in here. I need you to hold off for a couple weeks. We're going to get our own bids on all this framing. I mean, where, where do you see that go, and where does it run into sure. problems? Uh, and, and that's a great question, Charles. Un- unfortunately... Um, when your wall is opened up is a really bad time to be wondering whether you've got the right contract or not. So that's a really good decision <laughs> to be making up front. Uh, it also, if, if you want to talk about, uh, contractors who, who potentially might take advantage of you. Sure. The ones who you call in after the wall has been opened up to, mm-hmm. to step in and start giving you bids, knowing that you've got a real, you, now your wall's opened up, you're, you got a, a problem. Um, good, those good contractors <laughs> are probably going to be, uh, able to take much greater advantage, but, the, the 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 bottom line answer to your question, Charles, is that yeah, most of the time in most contracts, that's something that's called hidden damage, and the contract language generally says that hidden damage is not a part of the project, it's not a part of the bid, and the contractor doing the work has the right to stop work until you and that contractor figure out what you're going to do. Um, it is correct that now the homeowner isn't going to be stuck with just you rolling forward and charging whatever and and you know taking advantage of them because the house is opened up because fixing that rot on the inside isn't part of your contract either so you can't move forward and do the repair until the homeowner approves the homeowner isn't going to be able to force you to do the work until you approve so, you're so the two of you have stalemate you're going to be a little bit of a stalemate and the two of you are going to have to work out some sort of a solution now that you found a, a significant additional scope to that work well this brings that needs me, to be agreed to this brings me to something that the polish powerhouse has said in many in-home presentations before being hired is that this is similar to a short-term marriage we have to understand that we're possibly going to run into issues and we have to work this through because divorce is very ugly and costly <laughs> and the only ones that make money are the lawyer there we go <laughs> it's, it's right. different than a marriage in the sense that we do have a, a clearly outlined contract that states that we're going to repair this additional rot on a time and material basis. That's clearly outlined in the contract. We could provide receipts. We could provide the hourly well, how, how does that work, Bill? Because it's, it's in our contract. It's kind of a conflicting deal. Well, They, they still have the right to hold off, right? I mean, un- yes, it, it's really important that everybody changing. understands. Both contractors need to understand this as well as homeowners need to understand that you need to stop, have a, 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 a written, a adjustment we call them change orders a written change order that describes exactly what the additional work you're going to do and exactly what it's going to cost in the homeowner and you have to agree on that sign it before you move forward with that extra work riveting stuff let me tell you you want to be prepared you want to know if you have that um, moisture behind the wall when we come back from the break uh, we're going to mention how you can find some of that information out we're going to toss out a couple couple of company names that handle that type of work Um, And we're going to make sure you know how to get in touch with Minnesota Construction Law Services. Uh, But for now, a word from the people that pay the bills and a Fox News update. We'll be right back right after this. little bit of Brittany. Stan, you are awesome. He's just, because Kyle's with us, and Kyle's so young. Love me some Brittany. Yeah. 
Boy, she kind she of. had a good she run. Okay. She had a really good. I'm not run. a huge fan of the '90s pop, but you know, every now and then it kind of brings you back. Yeah, I think that was right, Bill. Early 2000s. That was. Geez, I don't know. Yeah. That was. You seen the look he gave me? What you yeah, do is that. you turn the volume on mute and you just watch the video. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. That would be an all-around moment right there. Welcome back, folks. This is the all-around home improvement hour. If you want to call us, maybe you had some rot uh, concerns. Maybe you're a contractor and you're listening to this stuff and you're like, wow, that's great. And Free you have, legal advice. Right. You have, a, you have a question for Minnesota Construction Law Services key president, uh, Bill Geschwind. But uh, this is the All Around Home Improvement Hour. Every Saturday from noon to one, we do the show. So again, if you want to call, 800-854-1978. We are live. Uh, Bill, a couple of the companies that we know of, uh, one would be Structure Tech for moisture inspection. So homeowners out there, if you were, if you were looking to find out, and again, these, these holes are tiny. They, they do, right. if they probe into the outside of your home with a, almost a pencil size hole, and get you a detailed report with percentages of moisture, and they go around the windows and doors, and before you hire the contractor, that's a great report. It's to color-coded, too, green, yellow, red. Very easy for Kyle to understand. So mm-hmm. It is a great report, and I think, I think all, all the companies out there that do that testing, though, will also tell you that that type of, um, it's, it's very, mi- let's call it minorly invasive. I believe they drill about two, maybe three sixteenths-inch holes. They put a metal probe that uses electricity to tell whether there's moisture. Um, their report will only tell where they're, where the moisture is in the places where they're able to put the probe. So they're just getting very spot tests, and they're also specific to the time and the day that they're out there. Weather conditions will change your reading. So what they can do is give the homeowner an idea whether there is an issue, good or bad, and how bad the issue might be. Uh, it still may be worth doing a little bit more invasive testing, removing some siding, really mm-hmm. looking at what's underneath there before homeowners make final decisions. Depending on the type of siding, it you know you may be able to cut drywall on the inside, too. That'll tell a story. To cut the drywall, just pull out a little bit of that, bat, that wall bat insulation around the window. Maybe less invasive than pulling off siding, depending on your home. So, yeah, Kyle is, is speaking directly to the DIYer that wants to get a basic inspection test done. <laughs> but, but if you want a good one, I don't know what these things run. I, I mean, if I were to guess, I'd say around two grand. I'm just guessing, but I could be totally off. Um, so Structure Tech, who happens to be a preferred uh, or a trusted affiliate, preferred partner of the show, longtime partner, great guy, Ruben Saltzman, they offer that service. And then also certified moisture testing, a uh, gentleman by the name of Alan, uh, been doing it a long time, actually helped pioneer um, uh, the the process, um, so he helped um, figure out how how to do this stuff and make a good process for doing it. So, a couple companies there. Bill, how can homeowners and contractors alike get a hold of Minnesota Construction Law? Uh, they can give us a call six five one four eight four forty four twelve. We're also on uh, the 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 internet, the uh, interweb, the, the interweb. That's it. Uh, MNCLS dot com. Sweet. MNCLS dot com. Excellent. So, uh, turning over the conversation to UZ Insulation, Mike Ubel, the insulator. So, talking about all this wall stuff, right? All this wall stuff. Yes. You're so used to being in attic spaces, right? How much do you guys deal with <laughs> deal with walls? Would you say? I mean, what's the percentage of attention paid to attic versus wall? Well, we deal with moisture all the time, but like you said, usually it's up in the attics, mm-hmm. but. 
I've ran into several in the, in the last couple of years, which I'm sure the water testing guys look for, but a lot of it's coming, the ones we've found, is coming from the ground. Really? Yeah. Housing, so, capillary? Uh, one of them, if you look at Shoreview, we've had two of them over there. If you look at where their groundwater is, it's right at the top of the surface. So when these builders are building these homes, especially anything older, <clears throat> they build them, but the blocks aren't core filled. They aren't, you know what I mean? They're... The water comes right up through the block and into the wall. Is that a, a, a home construction issue or a grading uh, issue on, on the outside? It's a greedy issue is what it is. That's a lawyer <laughs> question. <laughs> it's a, why'd you build that house in that pond over well, there? Well, <laughs> believe it or not, the one in Shoreview, what they have us do, because the lady does have some, uh, they didn't do all the cement on the floor. You know, it's dirt, and actually it's almost mud when you feel it. They're having a spray foam over it to try and lock that moisture down. You know, and I'm not saying it's the right situation. It's the only one anyone could think of. But, again, it was for building the house, you know, and she has two sump pumps, but it just can't keep up. At what point do you say, just get rid of this house and build a new one? Mm. As I'm leaving, quickly, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm just saying a lot of times the moisture isn't coming in through the windows or... It it is actually coming up through the ground, yeah. you know, because your house is so tight, it creates that suction as we were talking about, and it actually pulls it up. Or so, we see that freeze thaw, we get nasty freeze thaw cycles, and a lot of foundations over time they they crack, crack, they open up. Well, and then what is it? Three to five feet from your house never freezes, you know. So you have that moisture that it isn't froze, so it's constantly moving, moving, right. being pulled it, into your house. That's right. Yeah. Water is a very weird thing. There, we um, we pull. Uh, Nick had an article for me, and I rarely read, but I read this: the moisture movement, and we should post it on our Facebook page for everybody to to check out. But it wa- water comes in so many different forms. You have you have vapors, you have ice, you have just plain water, and the way that it can move is is quite interesting it's mysterious but you know if if you're thinking well that's not wet because the water's down there and we, i have dry material up here it's not wet it's constantly evaporating if it doesn't have a, a place to escape into the air into the environment your home is going to take on that that moisture and so mike what you're referring to is you've seen walls get wet because of a block a water that's down Near the 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 bottom of the foundation, the block though not filled, so it's like building on a swamp, sure. or the water table is real high. You sure. know what I mean? It's looking for a way, like you said, it's just going moving into the house. Yep, in yeah. the form of vapor, usually, right? Yeah, the lady I was just talking about, I asked her in the winter about her windows and stuff, and she told me, no, they're always wet. You know, she's always wiping them off. All the time. And no humidifier. We've seen it where people have an inch of ice, you know, nearly an inch, three quarters of an inch of ice on the insides of their windows, and we're walking through the home, and they're wondering, you know, did my attic do this, or did, did my siding do this, or did my insulation do this? No. There's no building material that can cause that moisture. The moisture exists because of either how you live or where your house is and how it's built. Um, and, and so that can be a very tough situation for people to, to realize. Um, and, and people even sometimes deal with where they can't get their moisture, their in, uh, humidity in their home down to a dry enough temperature and they still have this problem. So when residing, people don't want to take on the additional expense of taking off the sheeting to inspect. That, that can be very expensive. So you take the siding off, you take the sheeting off, and then you're, you're able to see. 
likewise, people don't want to take cheat rock down, open up walls to figure it out. Well, so, what I mean, these guys have done in the past, too, is there are less invasive methods to insulate walls, correct? You guys do the drilling and blowing approach to, to improve the R value of those walls, correct? Y- yes. Well, that's not going to stop the moisture. No, but that's our job to make sure that we have redundant water systems installed in the exterior cladding system in order to prevent water. Correct, but that's just one source of the water. He's talking about water that's there. Interior in, humidity. In, no, block in the block, straight down the walls. Yeah. Like the, a pool sitting in the block, right? The new poured walls are way better. You know okay. what I mean? But anything older, like the house you were talking about. Like my house. I have I have blocks that are, are wide open. Right, absolutely. Yes, that's just oh, the I way know. they used to do it. So what are some things that. that homeowners can look for, Mike? If they're going to go into their basement and take a look or go walk around the outside and look at their foundations, what are some indicators or things that they can look for? Well, I mean, the main thing in the basement is if you can get to your block, you can feel the top course, and you'll know if it's core-filled or not. If it's not, then we sometimes foam it, or you can fill it. It doesn't matter, but to core-fill, it stops a lot of it. So filling it, when you say fill it, what are you filling it with? Uh, We fill it with foam, you know what I mean, but you can use cement anything that <laughs> that's gonna be fun well i know i'm just so, throwing so, yeah no i agree. i would go I with the spray foam yeah but. that's the way to go I, that's exactly <laughs> what i was getting what about at? condensation what if is your block wall on the inside yep. if you could see condensation or moisture on those cinder blocks oh yeah i've uh, well anyway we we used to show people but if you take a piece of plastic and put it over those holes we're talking about at the top of the block mm-hmm. and leave it sit for a day and come back and look you're going to find moisture beads over the whole plastic if they're if they're not core filled, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Almost, almost every time, or just in uh, wet homes. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see a little bit no matter what, but the bad ones you're going to see a lot of moisture. Gotcha. Is it, there an age of home a cutoff where you know pre this year most homes uh, were built with those types of foundations? I think a lawyer would know better, but I think they started making them core fill here about two years ago, where they make them now, or you have to have the solid wall. Do you know a lawyer that could answer that? I think there's one sitting So next. pretty much we're all screwed is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm going to go home and start feeling fastened. the foundation. Well, I, I think the Minnesota nice <laughs> version of that term is we're all fastened. We're all screwed. Okay, you can. <laughs> I like fastened better, fastened. but all right. We're, we're all securely we're fastened. We are Bill, uh, you know, quite... Whether core filled or not, concrete is a porous material, and you can fill even if you fill the cores with concrete. Concrete is still porous, and if there's a moisture problem outside the foundation, there's a good likelihood it's going to find its way in. And because homes are generally under negative pressure, in other words, heat's rising in your home, it's going out the top. That means it's sucking stuff in around the foundation, and and moisture is certainly one of the things. Uh, what I keep thinking as you guys are talking about this is is moisture might be a visible, obvious indicator of stuff that's being drawn into your home um, through the through the earth. There's a lot of other very harmful chemicals that are coming that are also being drawn into your house. Radon I was going to go well. right there, a, and a radon mitigator helps keep the basement dry. Radon can be one of those things, but there's there's people that have sensitivities to to. Uh, Volatile chemicals. There's all kinds of volatile chemicals that are in the soil. There's a whole host of things. So if you've got problems, mm-hmm. uh, you know there, there may be more that needs to be sealed up and taken care of. The moisture is an indicator, but it's it, you know don't recognize it as anything other than an indicator. And then well, all it takes. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Well, I was going to say even that's what the air exchangers were all about. It was to even out the pressure of the house to yeah. stop all this from coming in. Right. Even it out. Well, like 
you know, because on these older houses, especially, you guys come in and you reside, put new windows in. Well, what are you actually doing to the house besides making it look better? Sealing it up. You're making it tighter. Right. right. Yep. So, again, it adds to that pressure. So that's why, like I say, an air exchanger, a lot of people laugh when they say to crack a window. Well, if you ever look what an air exchanger in, it's just a hole drilled in the side of your I house. I had a customer tell me that. I'm just said, telling you. Mike Hubel so. told me to crack a window. <laughs> Guys, well, it's your option besides... It's great radio, but we're going a little long. we got to go to a break. We're gonna, we got more of that. Don't worry. One more segment of that riveting information. And hopefully, Ryan O'Neill from the Minnesota Real Estate Team. We'll be right back. You know who this is, right, Kyle? Nirvana? No. <laughs> it's Bush. Bush. <laughs> Gotta love that band name. Same All right. Oh, let's, uh, let's go to Dave. He's been patiently waiting. Dave, where are you calling from? Hi. I'm calling from Apple Valley. Apple Valley. I swear, like, our signal must be the strongest in Apple Valley because 85.6% of the calls come from Apple Valley. We love you, Dave. What are you calling? How can we help? Glass blocks. I've got a, a first floor bathroom window with a single hut hung window in it now. I'd like to replace it with privacy glass block, and I can't find anybody that will mortar in glass block. Dave, is there something about the glass block that you prefer versus having a normal window with frosted glass on it? Um. We were hoping that it would give us a little bit more insulation ability versus the, um, we've got thermal pane window there now, and for, unfortunately, maybe, the, um, the, gla- or the gas seal is broken, and so we're starting to get the, the fogging or the molten mold or mildew, whatever you get between the panes. And because it's near the toilet, it's cold. We thought if we put in four-inch thick glass block that it might give us a little bit more insulation at that window. So, Dave, I just want to start with this because I'm really interested to hear where this goes. But I love the way glass block looks, and it is kind of a retro thing that I, I you know, certain people bring back, but they usually do it on the interior of their house, not, a, not on the exterior anymore. But I'm, I, I hope that the recommendation that comes out of this discussion is that you can get your, your block, and that's the best way to go. Mike, what do you think? Uh-oh. Well, anyway, <laughs> I am I mean, I don't know about the block, what they're worth, but I know those new triple-pane super-insulated windows are really good. I mean, if the gas escapes, yes, you lose that, you know, that argon gas. But, yeah. you know, if you check the U-factor, because it's the opposite of the R-factor, and get one that's real low, I think, yeah, but wait, but he wants the the glass block. What do you think about oh, glass block in general? I like it, but I, I honestly, I don't know what the R value is on him as far as helping him. He mentioned he wanted something to keep warm also. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I, I've no, no one's ever asked well, me that they're, question. They're mortared in, right? There's cement between that, correct? If you, Bill, help us out here. You've been around since glass block. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yes, I have been. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a material guy. So I, the, the, the questions that come to my mind, and I think Kyle might be a, a, 
a better person to go to on this. Um, just because the glass is four inches thick doesn't mean that it's going to be more have a more insulative value than a th- a, a thinner window. Um, so I, I would be concerned. I would also the only thing I would say is if you're going to bring somebody in to put something like that in. Um, Make sure you're working with a contractor who really knows what they're doing and they're working with the right materials because that, that grout between the windows, that's, that starts shrinking, cracking, moisture gets in, air gets out. Um, I could see where you could have a problem. So make sure that you, you have a good understanding of the contractor that's doing the work. Dave, Kyle, you've got some thoughts. Thanks, Bill. Dave, I'm going to agree with Bill that if you decide to go the route of the glass block to make sure you hire someone that's highly qualified, but if this was my home, I would be putting in a newer window with a dual insulated glass packet there from cardinal glass they have dual pane glass down to a science in a good window an anderson 100 series at minimum not a vinyl but a halfway decent window you're going to get at least 20 years of good performance out of that window when installed correctly you're not going to get the the failure in the seals between the glass like you would say in a vinyl window um, or what you're experiencing right now and you're going to have something that's that's modern and operable versus putting in a glass block which is a little bit of older application it's just not something i'll recommend plus the science behind it uh granted i haven't done a lot of research in it but you're probably going to get a better r value out of that window than you would out of the glass block because they do not they don't they don't put the the glass coating or the argon glass in the glass block the argon glass the argon gas gas yes yes let let me play devil's advocate here because during my studies and research that you know being the journalist that i am i've i've been able to research this over the years it's on google right now yeah so what i'm finding here (laughs) is according to the la times glass block windows are becoming increasingly popular because of their attractive appearance high security low cost and energy efficiency a standard glass block window has an insulating value about equal to a standard double pane thermal window standard residential glass glass block windows are not solid glass. They're made of two hollow rectangular halves that are fused together at a high, at high temperatures. This creates an airtight joint, so there should never be any fogging inside the glass blocks. Never, ever. Right. It'll last a million years. The high temperature fusing process creates a partial vacuum inside the glass blocks. As the blocks cool down after the fusing process, the air inside it contracts, the vacuum produces the good insulating quality so eliminates uh virtually any air leakage around it because it's sealed with mortar um uh it cuts the utility bills i mean it's a lot of good stuff here the la times is totally on your side and so am i dave but i'm just going to tell you this right now i don't know a single tradesperson out there that 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 i feel confident to recommend for you to install that. I'm sure there's a lot of good good people out there that could would laugh at that and say, "What do you mean? It's easy." Um I don't know anybody. Do you guys? What about a brick layer? It's almost the same thing, isn't it? With yeah. the mortar and stuff, except for you're using glass versus brick. Are there brick layers anymore? Is that a thing? That's well, a I know goodness. a few old Absolutely. ones. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, Look I'm, around, Charles. There's brick on everything out there. It, brand new brick? I don't think so. I'm what? not seeing any of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm pretty sure it's just engineered by Google. 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 3D printing. No, Dave, I think you're going to be safe no matter which way you go. Just make sure that you hire somebody qualified. If you if you go window, put a decent window in there. It's going to last you a long time. If you do the glass block, make sure you have someone qualified to do it. You're going to be good to go either way, it if, sounds like. If you find the glass block installer that's reputable, Dave, I want to know about them. I want to have them in my black book, not black book, in my in my Rolodex. No one has Rolodex. that either. Yeah, okay. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so far, I haven't been able to find a block mason or a brick mason or anybody that does block work, but if I hear of them, I'll call you back. Now, okay. I really do want to know about them. If you find them, because I've had my own interest, as you can tell, I have a thing for glass blocks. Dave, you, my friend, are a citizen of the All Around Home Improvement Hour. Thanks so much for the call. Thank you again. Alrighty. Bye bye. Bye. Oh. I I cut myself off, not him. Okay, we'll cut we'll cut him there. All right, guys, we're up again. What a great show! Because uh, all the best ones end quickly. Mike, before yes. we finish, how can people get a hold of UZ Insulation? Just give us a call at 763-767-9524. I thought you were number four, just the phone number four. Just hit four because <laughs> you've been around so long that you have one of the first few phone numbers. Uh. Well, number two. Number two. Okay. Have you seen the commercial? Like Alexander Graham Bell. He goes, "Hello." No, I'm sorry. You must have the wrong number. This is one. <laughs> you must want two. Right. Anyhow, Bill, Minnesota Construction Law. Final thoughts. Uh, you know, Charles, uh, it's a great summer. Great time for people to do some remodeling on their homes. Upgrade. Uh, a lot of good contractors out there all around is certainly one of them. Not only am I a partner of yours, but I'm a customer. You guys do great work. We look forward to having more work done by you, and I would recommend anybody out there give you a call. Kyle, just want to say thanks to all, all of our listeners, and have a great weekend. Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. God bless. Good job.